0: If you get into a job where you're going to get a bunch of at-bats, you're going to get some responsibility, um, you're going to get, say, three or four years' worth of experience in in 24 months, uh, that to me is most important.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Beyond High Street. David Schwab here, hoping everyone's having a nice day, a good week. Today on the pod, Mike Fitzgerald. Mike is a partner at High Alpha. They're a venture fund and a venture studio. I'll talk about that here in a second. But Mike was a Miami merger with his wife, and he's got a child who's a junior on campus now in Oxford, which is awesome, keeping the tradition alive. We spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about venture investing. It is such a buzzword of the day, and I thought it would be interesting for everyone to just go a little deeper on a subject. So that's why we spent a lot of time talking about it, uh, and you'll hear it from Mike's 35 person team at high Alpha where they do two things they actually create uh, and build businesses themselves when they feel there's an unmet need in the marketplace and then two they have a hundred million dollar fund where they're investing in companies actually says that they look at about 500 real deals a year and they'll invest in five or six of them so. For every hundred, they invest in one. Kind of an interesting percentage there. Two pieces of the pod, which are great. One is Sprint Week, where he talks about the internal competition, breaking their teams into four to pick which idea they're actually going to incubate and build. It's an incredible culture idea. And two, the talk track he shares for students coming out of Miami and anywhere on how to learn, what to look for in a job, and how to be get ahead of your classmate, really, and ahead of the marketplace. Hilarious story about calculus for him. It's not meant for everybody, and which led him down the the road of communications, which helped him to be more sales-oriented as he started his business and started his business career. You'll also like his little comment about bagel and deli and skippers. I'll leave that to you guys to listen. We start the conversation, Mike talking about his time in Indianapolis, and uh the culture of miami in indianapolis have a good day
0: i was born and raised in st louis uh went to school obviously in ohio in oxford and then my first job out of school was here in indy so i've been here for 25 years Mm. and uh you know this is this is home so for somebody who was not raised here i'm a pretty big fan and a pretty big believer um and, uh, you know, Indy, I think is an example of, a of, a Midwestern city that has always had a fairly, uh, diverse, uh, economy and, uh, and, you know, there's good and bad with that. We, we, uh, we've got Eli Lilly here, who's a wonderful corporate steward, but, uh, there aren't six of those companies, right? So, uh, we We have never had the benefit of being kind of reliant on one really really big uh corporate uh, citizen, and so as a result, it became a pretty um, receptive place to to uh, uh, to to do something like software at a time when uh, most of the uh, innovation and company creation and financing for software was happening on the coast mm-hmm. predominantly on the West coast. Um, you know, Indy was, was as good of a place as any, in other words, we did not have an identity as a life science company or a financial services, uh, excuse me, city. Um, and, uh, and so software was a, was a, a, a you know, a, uh, something that, that we could pursue and be good at. And, uh, you know, the presence of, uh, of, uh, good educational institutions. I mean, I use an hour down the road, uh, Purdue's an hour up the road, uh, Notre Dame, you know, other places. And then frankly, the proximity to, uh, y- you know, to the great schools in Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, um, uh, Indy has had a pretty good run here over the last call it 10 or 15 years of, uh, y- you know, being a good place to, to, to build a software business and, to do that on the backs of, uh, of kind of smart young people who, um, you know, who are choosing to, to, to live here.
1: Do you see much Miami influence? Do you see uh, either classmates when you were in school or, um, obviously the closer you're to Oxford and Cincy and Columbus and other places, you see it all over in Chicago for sure. How much Miami is in Indy?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it, more than you might think. Um, uh, if I look just in the ten or eleven companies that, that we work with at High Alpha, uh, in in every uh, company uh, I can I can think of, there's there's some representation uh, from from Miami. So um, you know, yeah, we're a couple hours away, and uh, that's usually in the form of somebody who was uh, who who may have grown up here in Indy and gone to school, uh, over in Oxford and then, and then, you know, kind of come back either via Cincinnati, Chicago, somewhere else, but, but, you know, ultimately landed back here in India. If I think about the folks that, that I know who, uh, who graduated from, from Miami, that's, that's often what their path has been.
1: Hmm. And so talk about those. That's interesting. If, if, they're all coming back to India, so those 10 or 11 companies, those portfolio companies, um, they're all, it sounds like then, they're all locally based too for you, right?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, we've got, uh, at High Alpha right now, we've got about 25 uh, companies, uh, 10 or 11 that we've started and the others that we've just made a financial investment in. The ones that we've started are, are by and large located here. The ones that we've just invested in are, are across the country.
1: And the, so give me a little bit more on the model of High Alpha. I mean, you, you've got yep. a combination there of both, of building yes. stuff yourself and also looking for, I'm sure, great ideas and great founders to invest in too.
0: Yep, that's that's exactly right. So it's a, it's, it's a pretty uh, straightforward platform. Uh, you think about Hylsa Studio, which is the part of the platform where we're uh, starting new companies from scratch. We're looking for unmet needs that can be addressed by uh, enterprise software. And around which we can build a big company. And when those, you know, when we meet those criteria with an idea, we we uh, we look to start a business from scratch. Um, and then we'll nurture that business. Uh, we'll recruit leadership and, into that company and try to get it on a on a path to to independence, uh, which often means going out and, and raising uh, additional capital and, and continuing to grow. Uh, so that's that's one part of the platform. That's the studio. And then Alpha Capital is um, a hundred million dollar venture fund that uh, that looks to invest in other business to uh, business software uh, companies, uh, often early stage. So we talk about a, a seed stage or a Series A, which is both both pretty early in the development of that company. And um, and Alpha will will make financial investment in those uh, in those companies.
1: A million questions come out of both, but start with the <laughs> start with the studio for a second. And you're using your words, you know, trying to find uh, some, trying to find the unmet need out there, and, and then build this enterprise software. Uh, yep. To solve it, where where do those ideas come from? Is there yep. within your team an R and D group, or is it just y- your own daily challenges? And you and you say, wait. Why? Why isn't there this in the market? How do you guys go find those ideas?
0: Yeah, there, there are there are really three three ways that we will go find an idea. Uh, one is uh, really kind of basic, just from our own operating experience. We've got a team of about thirty five people here at Alpha, uh, almost all of whom have been in operating roles or uh, you, you know started and run run. Uh, good-sized company. So, uh, you know, hardly a, a week goes by where uh, we don't have something that has kind of frustrated us or that we validate by talking to other people inside of uh, uh, larger companies. And then we'll we'll work on those ideas with our business design team to try to, you know, try to see which ones uh, are, uh, are most valid. There's two other places where an idea can come from. One is you know directly from a big company. so we we partner with a number of uh, large companies, uh, several big public companies who uh, may recognize an unmet need that can be addressed by software, but maybe they're an industrial company, maybe they're a financial services company. And the idea of of starting something new, uh, is uh, uh, is a little intimidating, and it's something around which they they want to partner. Uh, often, these companies have tried to do it on their own and uh, and and run up against some roadblocks, and so they they look at a partnership with Hyalfa as a as a good um, you know good opportunity, and so that they'll bring that unmet need to us, and we'll work on that together uh, in hopes of starting a, a business. So that's a second source, and then. The third one would be uh, what we would call a capital partner. so we, we work with a number of uh, venture investors all across the country, and they spend their days you know investing in, in uh, mostly software companies. and uh, what we found is they actually have some pretty good ideas of, uh, of businesses that should exist and don't. And, uh, and so we've worked with a number of them to uh, kind of nurture their ideas. And then in some cases, they'll come alongside of us and write a check and help get that company started. So those are three examples. And we spend, you know, we've got a business design team that really wakes up every day uh, uh, working on those three sources and, and trying to find, uh, find good ideas for the next big software business.
1: And the ballpark length of time from oh my gosh we've got an idea here to you've got a self-sustained business in operation what's that whole yeah. look like
0: yeah you know um, I would break it down in, in really two uh, to, to give you two answers from the time that we're, you know we're always looking at ideas but but The development of an idea may take three to six months. Uh, And then we go through something called Sprint Week, which is really our forcing function to say, okay, we could look at ideas uh, forever and we could always do more research. We could always talk to another customer. Uh, We could always, uh, you know, find other competitors. Sprint Week for us is that forcing function to say, okay, let's take our three or four best ideas uh, we actually shut down our company for a week, uh, and we go all in on these three or four ideas, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's effectively an internal competition. So we divide up our team, we bring in some subject matter experts from the outside, and uh, and and we go at it for a week. At the end of that, uh, we will uh, we'll pick one, and in a couple cases, we've picked more than one of those businesses uh, that that will start. So. From that point, post-Sprint Week, to get a company kind of uh, up and off the ground, uh, maybe generating a bit of revenue, you know, that's another uh, probably six to nine months. So if you take the whole, to answer your question directly, you take the um, genesis of the idea to the point where that business is is up and running and is going to have a chance at survival, it's probably 12 to 18 months, mm. um, and and our you know our hope is that we're compressing that time every time we do that you know we're we're compressing the duration so that we can get uh, we can get up and running faster, and we've used that model with Sprint Week to to start uh, eight of those uh, eleven companies that, that that we've got up and off the ground. So uh, still you know it's imperfect, but it's a it's a it's a good forcing function
1: for us. I, I love the idea of the internal competition, but. I have to imagine with 35 of you split into three or four teams knowing that there's going to be one or possibly two winners probably gets a little heated inside those walls when Yeah,
0: it does. That's a good that's a good observation. It does. We got a competitive group and Sprint Week is uh, you know, nobody goes on vacation during Sprint Week. Nobody uh uh, you know, nobody makes it home for dinner uh during those weeks. It's a it's a it's an intense uh it's an intense week, but it also has built a really good culture within high alpha. You know, if you think about our business uh, we we are in the business of starting companies. And so often, you know, would be entrepreneurs there are just a lot of built in reasons not to go start a company, right? There's a lot of things to say, Hey, let's wait till I'm going to wait till next month or I'm gonna wait till my kids are in school or I'm gonna wait till my kids are out of school or what have you. And, 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 at high alpha, we, we don't have that luxury, you know, we, we have to start businesses. And so, uh, sprint week and the competitiveness is, uh, is kind of, um, uh, you know, part of our culture that says we're, we're going to do this. So we need to start the best company that we can. And, and the competition keeps us uh, all pretty sharp.
1: Yeah, I love that. All right, so now let's go back. Let's go into the other side where we're got a hundred million dollar fund, and you're investing in software companies. I was talking this morning to uh, a person who runs a, a, a it's called a, I guess a food tech fund. Um, yep. They were calling up as it related to some of the Octagon clients here and some talent and the interest in, in health and wellness, health and wellness. Um, she said the woman I spoke to that the in 2018, thus far, they have seriously looked at 100 companies to be a portfolio company, and they have chosen to invest in one. What, mm. what do you... Th- uh, curious about how much sourcing and deal flow you guys see, let's call it real deals, um, yes. on a daily or weekly basis, and then uh, almost a percentage of those that you guys actually say, you know what, it's worth taking a bet on.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that, that uh, we have um, I, that I think we use to our advantage is just this focus. So you think about the universe of, of companies in which you might invest. Uh, we only invest in business to business software, right? So anything that's aimed at the consumer or anything that is non-software uh, is, is automatically kind of out of scope for us. And then within business-to-business software, we are investing at uh, an early stage, so a seed financing or an A financing. So again, you, we, we cut the universe of potential deals down um, uh, pretty quickly, right? So what that means is if you're in the U.S. or Canada and you are uh, a seed stage or an A stage, business-to-business, recurring revenue software company, um, we we likely want to talk to you and that works both ways that that creates a search image for us but it also allows uh, you know our brand uh, uh, to be learned by by entrepreneurs all over the place who who say hey these are these are b2b uh, uh, specialists and their early stage specialists. They're operators. So the background of myself and my partners are all as as operators. So uh, so as a result, I would say in 2018 we'll probably uh, look seriously at uh, 500 companies, uh, and we will make uh, probably seven or eight investments. We've made five uh, to date. Um, uh, out of our uh, out of our new fund. And, uh, you know, we we might do uh, a couple more here before the end of the year. So uh, it is, you know, for per, per your conversation with the food tech uh, 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 connection, you know, it, it you have to look at a lot of things when you have a tight search image it helps that on both ways. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't get a lot of people, uh, trying to get in front of us, uh, who are doing something other than B2B software early stage. And, and therefore, you know, we, we take, we take meetings with a fair number of of people who reach out to us because by the time the connection is made, uh, a lot of that qualifying is, is, uh, has already been done.
1: And and how many years in or, uh, deals that you guys actually looked at, did you start to finally say, oh, I've actually seen that before and this is better because of that? I, I'm, at what point is critical mass where you feel like, wow, now I yeah. fully get it? Because certainly when I started looking at things, you, know, you look the, the fifth one you look at says, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And then you look at number six and seven, and you're like, oh wait, that business <laughs> is already, yes. was already created five years ago.
0: Yes, for sure. For sure. So, um, there's no question that, that we're better today than we were three or four years ago. You know, one of the, um, I, I believe kind of interesting things about the team at high alpha is you know, of, of the four of us that started this, none of us are what I would call classically trained, uh, financial investors, right? None of us, uh, uh, were bankers or uh, you know uh, had worked in venture firms before so our um, you know our instincts and our discipline really just comes more from the operating side as an example uh, i I ran the corporate development function at uh exact target prior to this and we uh, we acquired uh six or seven companies and so my you know my operating instinct is more toward you know, recognizing, uh, uh, patterns and things like that in these small companies. Um, and, and so turning around and then trying to do that as an investor, I think we had a little bit of a running start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to your point, um, you know, now we're four years in and we've seen a couple thousand companies, uh, and we, we do feel like we're better in a couple ways. First of all, we think we're, we're better at hopefully picking winners. And secondly, we we can tell pretty quickly if we're not a good fit for for the company, um, and and that's important too. These are entrepreneurs who are working hard, and and uh, you know we, we want to be very respectful of them. And so you know, getting to a quick no is is usually just fine with an entrepreneur. They don't they don't want to waste time. They don't want to drag things out. So we're we're better both in finding things we want to do and in making sure we we move on quickly from things that we don't want to do.
1: H- how does one build and create companies have a hundred million dollar fund, but got a major in communications in Oxford. Ohio.
0: Talk- oh, this is a good, this is a good story. This <laughs> comes back to Miami. I started, and, uh, I started
1: in mass Com- mass Com at Miami. I finished in marketing in the business school, but yeah, um, but go ahead.
0: Well, I, uh, w- w- what that says is that, um, you made it through calculus and I did not. That's what it says. Uh, that's what it says. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of folks. I, I think, and this was many years ago, of course, but I showed up in Oxford and uh, was excited to be at college, and there was a lot to lot to learn and a lot of fun to be had. Um, but I really did not know uh, what I wanted to do, and um, uh, you know, I, I pursued a couple different things. One of which was maybe going to the business school, and uh, and and uh, as fate would have it. Uh, after three attempts at, at the calculus, uh, weed out course, I, I would weed out. And, uh, I, 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 tell that story with some pride now because it put me on a path to communication, which was a great fit for me. And, uh, it put me on kind of a sales oriented path after graduation. Uh, and you know, you look back on that and I, I got a smile on my face. It, it worked out <laughs> wonderfully for me. I can tell you as a, whatever, uh, you know, twenty year old sophomore trying desperately to get into the business school. I was not as uh I was not as proud at that at that time, but uh it, it all worked out.
1: Well I don't know when the last time you were on campus, but that business school now is so incredibly impressive and
0: Yes, uh, yes. N- not just I, what uh... they
1: built, the students that are there now. It's it's fascinating. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we've we've got a number of them working in our, our uh, uh, companies, and I have been back kind of with my high alpha hat on the last few years uh, recruiting, and and uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a wonderful place, and I my oldest is a junior at Miami, so I've got good good opportunity to get get back on campus, and uh, uh, it's it's very impressive what they've done, both with the school in general, but then specifically at Farmer, it's uh, it's uh,
1: very impressive. And, and when you go and recruit, and obviously you're looking for the best student but, or uh, pref- uh, possibly employee, what are you telling them when you have a moment in terms of a tip when they're coming out of school? And they don't know a ton. Um, we yep. were all 21 or 22 at some point, and you realize now what little you knew in, in certain areas. You just got to get the experience to, uh, to grow. What, what are the tips that you're sharing to those guys and even to your own junior who's on campus now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, uh, my talk track from a recruiting standpoint is, is, is really very simple, which is to find a place where you can learn, uh, very fast, meaning you're going to be put in situations. You're going to gain experience faster than your peers or faster than you might at a different opportunity. Um, and, and to worry less about whether, uh that specific job is something you want to do for the rest of your life but but um y- you know i think we put a lot of pressure on our kids and they put a lot of pressure on themselves to to kind of figure things out and um they've got a lot of tools a lot of resources that we never had and so that 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 pressure to just say okay here's what i want to do um you know that that's not uh in my opinion that's not the most important thing but if you get into a job where you're going to get a bunch of at-bats, you're going to get some responsibility, um, you're going to get, say, three or four years' worth of experience in, in 24 months. Uh, that, to me, is most important because the decisions that you can then make with that, whether you really liked what you did or whether you didn't like it at all, you know, you're, you're now ready to make your 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 next move or double down where you are. And um, and I, I you know, it's one of the things that, that I like to pitch when I get a chance about, uh, about working in an earlier stage company or, uh, a growth company is often you can, uh, you know, you can take on a lot, uh, even if you're fresh out of school. Um, and, uh, and that really benefits the, the, the individual because they can learn, uh, what it is that, that gets them fired up to get out of bed every day. And a lot of us don't start making those moves toward what we like until we're, uh, you know, we're pretty deep in our career. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think a, a young person can, uh, uh, can set themselves up to, uh, to, uh, be more self-aware at an earlier age.
1: Clearly you're not going back for calculus a fourth time. <laughs> but no, but, I, but, I, I I've,
0: I've decided that it's a better story uh, than knowing that I never made
1: it. <laughs> but but if you could go, if you can go back and think about school, it, what class should be required or mandatory? I, I ask this a lot. I'm always intrigued now because of the life and business and personal skills you've had to use um, out of school. Yes. Ha- having a family, running a business, b- building friendships with people. W- what's another class that you think you wish you took or a skill set that at 20, everyone should have?
0: Yeah, boy, that, that, that is a really, really good question. Uh, uh, you know, I, I actually think that a class around uh, personal finance is, uh, is kind of a, an overlooked um uh, learning meaning uh some parents instill that in their kids while they're in high school many of us do not uh and it it just isn't something that's really covered so I, I would say something in the in the economics or personal finance that really i don't care what you're majoring in i don't care whether you are going to get married or not married whether you're going to um you know, uh, aspire to make a lot of money or, or, you know, do something where money's not as important. It, none of that actually matters uh, if you've got a good understanding of, of just how money flows, you know, personally. Um, and um, uh, I, I, I love my communication degree and I, I think there's some real benefit in, in learning about communication. But I, if I could just pick one, I would say, uh, if our college grads were all, you know, uh, coming out with a really clear understanding of, of, uh, of, of personal finance and, and how money flowed and what it means to be in debt, uh, when that might be a good idea or a bad idea. Um, I, I think that would have a big, uh, positive impact, uh, on their, on their, you know, their
1: lives. Mm. And w- and when you go to Oxford to see to see your kid or to recruit, what's the what's the one item on High Street that you're buying each time? Ha,
0: ha. that's good. I uh, my my wife, who is also a Miami grad, nice. and I uh, go back go back together, and we usually stand on that little bit of sidewalk in between skippers and bagel and deli and try to decide if we're going to do one the other or both and uh and that's a you know that's that's a that's a high class problem that's a good that's a good decision so we usually we usually hit them both while we're in town
1: the funny the and, and my wife uh, also is a miami merger with me and the funny decision that you guys make and we make when we go back and visit is we make those decisions now and stand there at 6 30 at night when we were there we made those decisions around 1 45 oh, in the yeah. morning
0: absolutely absolutely yeah it's a little, little different crowd uh, you know the, the early dinner crowd versus the late night uh, I gotta get some food before I go home crowd
1: I bet many would answer that exact same spot that Mike said somewhere right between Bagel and Deli and Skippers I close my eyes and think about that spot that I've stood at thousands and thousands of times missed that place on a daily basis but that was a great pod Mike thank you for taking the time Uh, hopefully helpful for everyone that's considering venture investing or, or just learning that world because we see it every single day. Hope everyone has a great day. Keep listening and sharing the pod with your friends. I'll see you at Skippers real soon. Take care.